Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Warren Buffett said this, he said, uh, someone's sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. And I wonder who will be sitting in the shade one day because you did something today. What's going to happen in the future because you're prepared to do something with your life? What will somebody else experience because of what you do? What are you doing with your life now that may not seem like it's all that significant today, but one day, and maybe even for somebody else, their life would change? And I think about that, and I think about prayer. You know, the best time to start praying was years ago. But the next best time is right now. It's right now. And, and the problem that I'm finding is that in life, because of this truth, there are a lot of I wish I had moments. We live with a lot of I wish I had. I wish I had. I wish I'd started a business. As you get older, these things really start to set in. The younger you are, man, find somebody who's older than you and ask them to share some of their regrets. You learn tremendous amounts. You learn a lot from somebody who's a little bit older than you uh, because of the things they wish they had done. And you can kind of find out whether they believe in their heart that that risk was worth it. And if it was worth it, can I encourage you, risk it. The younger you are, the, the less you've got to lose. You've got nothing to lose. I remember one of the greatest days of my life was the day I realized I'd lost everything. I lost everything. I had nothing. I had the bank coming after me. I had lost everything. I'd lost my house, my money, my everything. It was gone. There was nothing. And it is one of the most liberating moments because I realized I have nothing. So I have nothing to lose. I may as well go for it. It's not like I can go further. What else is there to lose when you've lost nothing? And, and we don't live that way. We just live with regret. I wish I'd started that charity or that ministry. I wish I'd started that family. Most people with kids wish they had had many, many more. Amen? You wish you had written that book or applied for that job. Or, or here's a massive one. I wish I had served God with more passion. I wish I hadn't said what I said and spoiled that friendship. I wish I'd prayed more, read my Bible more. I wish I'd eaten better. I wish I'd gymmed more. I wish I'd reached out to that person or not spoken to my spouse or my kids that way. The list is rarely endless in the I wish I had category. We, we've all got it. We've all got those. And I, I, I would love to say that from today that will never happen again. But the odds are that is going to continually happen. There are missed opportunities. I mean, you remember the first time you heard about Bitcoin, right? Come on, somebody like, what a joke. What a joke. What a joke. And now? And now? I heard of a, a, a guy, this is a true story. Not long ago, he sold everything. I think he put $200,000 in. He, he even took, he took a hundred grand loan. He took his money. He sold everything to a hundred grand loan. I was laughing, absolutely laughing. I thought, mate, that is amazing. What a great way to go down. What a great way to go down, like to lose everything immediately. I never, I never spoke to him before. I just heard about it. But the week after, I just happened to hear what had happened to Bitcoin. And so I just checked in. 
and they, they did confirm that he had pulled his money out. And he's sitting, with a f he's sitting with lots of millions. Lots. You know, it's like, there's it, it, so many regrets. Oh, oh, I wish that had been me. I wish it was, that stuff doesn't always happen for me. The trouble with it is, is we camp and we focus on the regret and we often forget to focus on the future. If your regrets are stopping you from planting that tree, or from starting that business, or from taking a risk, or from having a go at something, you're focusing on what is already done. And you are missing out on all that is ahead of you. And I want to encourage you to take that risk. Because if I was the enemy, if I was the enemy, I would definitely keep you focused on what you didn't do well. Because it is an amazing way to stop you from the future. And it works, and it works well, and it works on you, and it works on me. And there are so many things. It's like, man, if I had only, and I'm so focused on what I didn't do that I miss the opportunities around me. The thing is this. What we don't realize is if I can stop you with regret, I can stop you from fulfilling the call of God on your life. And what's more is that the call of God upon your life involves the future of others. So if I can get you to focus on what you didn't do, I end the future for somebody else. And we're just living like it's okay. And so the question I want to ask you is, are you living life, a life of regret or a life of purpose? There's something in your life that, that drives you, that motivates you. Like, do you get up in the morning and there's something more you want? There's something you desire? There's something you want to build or, or do or learn? I, I have these moments where I, I, I find myself, like, it, it can be stupid hours of the morning. I think this week was a couple of, like, 2.45 in the morning. Like, bam, I'm awake. And I'm just thinking, all right, if I can figure this one thing out. And I've got to get in and understand it and read. Now, I'm not suggesting wake up at 2.45 because as cool as it is, at around 5, when you're supposed to get up, it's, it's much more difficult, right? But what is, I have things that are motivating me, things that are driving me, things that I want to do and learn and understand. So I'm getting into it and it keeps me going. Have I got regrets? Tons. But I don't have time to worry about that all that much because I've got things that I want. Are you living in that regret? Are you living in what isn't or couldn't or didn't happen or what went wrong or that relationship that fell? Or are you going to risk it and step out and go for it? So if you're living this life of regret, how do you fix it? How do we do it? And the answer is simple. The answer is prayer. That's actually the key is prayer. Prayer is everything. Prayer is everything. And that's why we're talking about prayer. Prayer is the absolute thing that will change every part of your life. It just is. It is everything. And the more you pray and the more you do it and the more you spend time with him and the more in that relationship you are and the more into the Bible that you get, the more you will find that this is true. You can do a lot of things, but if you were to focus on one thing, it should be prayer. It should be prayer. Amen? We want you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. I don't care that you know the name of Jesus. I don't care. 
That's not helpful to anyone. The demons know. They know Jesus. They tremble. We know about Jesus, and it does not bother us. It doesn't get us to tremble. We don't think twice about it. We don't dial in on that. We don't worry about it. We don't, we don't recognize that that's not okay that I know about him, but I should know him. And, and I come to church, but I should know him. And I want to, but I don't. And the, the reason we don't is because Netflix is better. I'll move right on. First Thessalonians said this, always be joyful, never stop praying, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Never stop praying, never stop praying. But if I'm honest, prayer for me, for a long time, prayer was something you did on a Sunday or before you eat. Sometimes, depending on how hungry you are. That that's, that's what prayer is. Lord, blessed, blessed, fast. I'm starving. Let's go. In Jesus' name. Like, I can get the in Jesus' name and amen out while it's on the way to my mouth. I can do almost the whole prayer. I can be cutting, praying, and eating and get the whole prayer out instantly. If I have to, it can be done. But prayer really should be, it should be more frequent than just, and it should be more focused and it should be more intentional than what we just make it to be. And so last week I said that you can pray whenever you like. You can, it needs to, like a great way to view prayer would be like that text conversation with him. Praying always, talking to him always, what I'm doing is where I'm going, I'm meeting this person, is there something I can do, someone I can speak to, somebody I can message, what do you want from my life? You should be in that constant place of communication and thinking of it like a text message is awesome, but there also needs to be a time because great relationships have great communication, right? And so you can text somebody heaps, but there must come a point where you actually stop that and you sit down and you have a DNM. For those of you who are older than me, are deep and meaningful. Amen? Makes sense though, yeah? Sorry, Beck. It's just, I just know, I just use DNM because I'm cool and I'm young and I'm like hip and stuff. And I'm not really aging like others, so I can use these things. But God wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. He doesn't just want it to be the shopping list. And it doesn't always have to be this, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And because I pray in the car, that's sufficient. It's, it's amazing that you pray in the car. I'm glad you pray at work. I love that you say something in the shower. Uh, I'm game for all of it. I love the idea that somebody would be praying always, thinking on him always, trying to press it. I love that. But there must be more than that. If you take any marriage and it is based on only text messages, I'm telling you now there is a problem. There has to come a point where you sit down and discuss the deeper things, the things that are going to matter, things that, things that are going to adjust your life or change, affect your kids, or uh, what about a job you want to take, or a place you need to move to, or a promotion you're thinking of applying for. There are certain things that need more conversation than just a text message. Hey, just letting you know, moving to Brisbane. See ya. I'm not moving to Brisbane. I was just thinking. Amen? So you need to have those times or those moments where you sit with God and it needs to be something a little bit more than just a comment while you're driving. You know what I mean? 
Like you've whipped your towel over your shoulder and you're like, and here we go for work. Like, love that you're talking to God there, but I do think you need something more than that. Amen? So when do we pray? When do we pray? Here's a couple of times or, or environments that you can pray. Uh, I won't get through them all, I don't think, but I'll, I'll see how we go. Um, how about praying when you're sad? Not just letting him know how annoyed you are, but actually sitting down and having that conversation. Because the truth of the matter is, we are going to face some difficult times, sickness, health issues, you're going to face uh, issues in your marriage or issues in a relationship or in church, or there could be a, a whole bunch of things that happen. But we have times when our hearts are heavy, when we feel down about something. And we're very good at venting to friends, but we're not good at talking to him. Your friend will hear you. God can do something about it. Amen? How about praying when you're happy? We're good, we're, we're good at wanting something great to happen in our lives, and then something happens in our lives, and we forget God. We're like those lepers. Everyone got healed. Only one dude came back. When do you find time going back? Man, I'm so grateful this happened in my life. This is awesome. I want to talk to you about it. I want to tell you how it made me feel and why it's affected my life. And what do you want me to do now? How does that affect? Where am I going? What's going on? Right? We should be able to pray when we're happy. We should be able to pray uh, when we're tempted. Matthew 6, there's this, verse 13. And don't let us yield or give ourselves over to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Um, None of us are perfect. If you can live a life with no sin, without messing, I would love to know how you're pulling that off. I would love to know. But the truth of the matter is, whilst we've given our lives to, to the Lord, uh, the desires of the flesh, that resides in us. That still stays there. And there are things that, that we face. When we're uh, facing temptation, uh, we should pause and pray. You should pause and pray. And that's the tough one, because temptation is the thing we want. But when you want it, you should pause and pray. Not only is he able to help us, but he's able to lead us through that and help us through and get away from that mess. He can make a way for us to escape. Amen? How about praying when you're worried? Do you ever worry about anything? You find yourself, your mind is spinning, you're fixating on something. And even if it sounds or feels ridiculous in your own mind, you're like, this is crazy, I, can't why. I don't understand why I'm doing this. Have you ever thought about the fact that you can pray about that? You can pray. You can go to Him and pray. Philippians 4, 6 says this, And don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Um, Sometimes we're worrying about problems. You guys are worrying about something or an issue, a problem. And what I think is happening is that we forget, we forget to pause and evaluate what we're worrying about. The truth of the matter is this. If you can do something about it, get busy. Do something. If you cannot do anything about it, then you are to cast that on Him. And whatever comes back in the form of answer you should be thankful for, especially since you had no idea anyway. None of this is good, eh? 
Come on, we all face this one. Worry is a bit like a treadmill. You move fast, but go nowhere. You're going to run. There's going to be a lot of energy used. You might even get like a solid top speed, but you ain't going nowhere. 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 But there was, a, there was Pastor Matt. I hope you're watching. Pastor Matt, I went to the gym once. Uh, that was a long time ago. I used to go to this place called Gym. And um, I went in, and, and they've, got this, they've got treadmills, and I jumped on. He was running next to me. And I didn't really know how the treadmill, my first day, and so I'm like pressing the, you know, like you, you start getting that speed. And it's fine when you're walking, but then there's that awkward between walk and run where you like, you know, you just got this like, you're not sure if you're running, you're not sure if anyone, anyone beats you. And so I get, I finally get it to some sort of like, all right, here we go, here we go. And I start getting, but he's obviously kind of side-eyeing me and watching, and he's got this really dumb smile on his face as he's watching me try to get this right. And then his foot hit the side of the treadmill. I've never seen a human go down and backwards so fast in all my life. One of the greatest moments of my life. Um, so you can go somewhere on a treadmill, but you go backward. If you, you can go backward. That's one thing I've learned. Oh, great memory. I hope I never forget that. Rather than worry about and let worry ruin today, why don't we live our life fully and try and do something with our life? There are certain things you can't fix. There are just certain things you can't fix. If you've got a boss who's annoying, you can't fix that. But you can take that to the Lord and say, hey, he's so annoying. You do something. Amen? You with me? This is a good one. How about praying when you've got a big decision to make or a problem to solve? Have you noticed how smart we all are? We've got answers for everything and for everyone. Our lives are a joke. Like We're like, ours is falling apart, but man, have I got advice for everyone. I have told people to do things, and as it's coming out of my mouth, I've, I've wished that I could pull that off. Like, I just think, man, I just think if you were to just, like, eat healthy and exercise, your whole life would change. I'm thinking that while I've got Maccas in my hand and I haven't been to the gym for years. You know what I mean? But I know that it will work. I just, that is the answer for you. It's just, it's just I'm not really taking that advice. We've got great advice for others. We just suck at taking it ourselves. But we should be praying when we've got some big decisions to make. Um, the book of Luke said this, Luke 6, 12, we'll go to 16. Said one day soon after Jesus went up to the mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. All night. As in, like the whole of it. The whole time. Like he kept going. What were you saying? What were you, what did you have to say that lasted all night? And at daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Here are their names. Here's one of the typos you'll find in the Bible. Andrew, Peter's brother, Simon, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew. No, that's quite far down the list, eh, Matty? Whoa, that's just before Thomas. That could rub off. You've got to be careful there. James, son of Alphaeus, Simon. Judas and Judas Iscariot, he's the guy who betrayed him. I love that the Bible always puts that in. Always puts that in, right? And Judas Iscariot, the Muppet, who couldn't pull it off. 
So the day before he's got to make arguably one of the biggest decisions of his life, it is not just life-changing for the people, it is life-changing for you and I. Notice how it is so big that our lives today were impacted because of the decision that was made on that day. We are in this room because of that decision and that prayer. We have a relationship with Jesus because he prayed one night. How many years is he alive? 33 years and then he's gone. And one night, he gave up one night and prayed and you and I are affected by that today, thousands of years later because he realized the magnitude of the decision was not just picking 12. I've got to pick 12, I've got to have a failure and I've got to make sure that these guys change the world. So big was the decision that our lives are impacted right now and he realized that it was bigger than him and he took one night and prayed about it and we have some massive decisions that we'll make, things that will impact the future of people and we can't find a minute to pray about it, not a minute to pray about it. Not one moment, not one night, not one day. We can't take any time to do it. That should bother us. That should bother us. It should bother us a lot. Let me tell you how much it should bother you. It should bother you so much that what Kurt was sharing, it should stir in you and realize that every dollar that I put into this church is going to affect something. It is going to affect a life or somebody that I may never even meet. When you put money in, you don't put it in just because somebody said, oh, this is part of what we do. This should be an encouragement as the reason why we give. But we should be giving and saying, God, when I give this money, I have no idea what is going to happen with this money. But I'm asking God that the future, thousands of years from now, somebody, their life would be changed or altered because of what I give. But it's too casual. We're too casual about what we do. It's a big deal. Like if church is something that, that is, if you're going to be belong to a body of believers, if you're going to make this something, then, then, and it is going to impact the future of somebody, why would we not prioritize it? Why would we not make this so important to us, our everything? Why would something other than God drag us apart? Why? Why would we be late? Why wouldn't we serve? Why wouldn't we give? Only if we don't believe that the impact we're making now doesn't have a future, then we think it's cheap and useless and worthless. Prayer. Man, we have some massive, massive things that we need to pray about. You have your life that you need to pray about. You need to pray, God, if, if I am to give my life to this, if I am to serve here, if I am to give, if I'm to commit, arguably the most important resource you have is your time. If you have to give your time to something, you should be praying about it and saying, God, if this is what you want me to do, I'm not going to do it half-hearted. I'm going to do it with everything I've got to the glory of God for the future, whether I see it or not. If somebody is sitting underneath a tree that is 100 or 200 years old, I guarantee you the person who planted it is dead. 
but somebody is enjoying that shade because somebody was prepared to dig a hole. And they were prepared to take something of value and put it in the hole. And the thing is, for many people, they think that when they cover it up, I'm telling you, being buried and being planted in a certain stage looks exactly the same. It's true. Sometimes God plants you in something and we wonder, like, where's the fruit? And you feel like, man, this is the church, and since I started coming, there's pressure. Yeah, because something had to be dug up, something had, you had to be put in. And then the first thing we do, have you noticed when we plant a seed? Man, that thing's so fragile. If it was a little seedling, we'd never do this. But when it's a seed, we're like, yep, just needs some pressure. We'll just step on it. That should be good. Now add water. We wouldn't do it as it comes up. But sometimes God will bury you and plant you into something because that is where life comes from. And what you are producing with your life has fruit. And that fruit, by the way, is not for you. It's for others. I've never, ever in my entire life, maybe you have, I've never seen an apple tree reach out, grab an apple, have a bite. Doesn't happen. Come on. Am I right or what? There's some big decisions that we need to make. There's a lot of things that we can pray about. We need to pray. When we become discouraged as Christians, when we feel like this is hard work, I want to give up. You know, he told that parable of the persistent widow. I like that. I like being annoying, so it's good. Being persistent speaks to me in a, like a deep place. It's like my love language, right? I do like being able to press some buttons. I like it. It's good for me, right? I love, like I'm happy to knock, 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 knock. I'm happy to do that. But we should pray. Ephesians 6.18 said this, Pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Here's a fun fact. You think you're going through something. So are other people. And we're very good at whining about what we don't have and not realizing that other people also need us. Man, I'm struggling. You know, this is something I learned years ago. When I start struggling with something, fighting something, I start praying differently for people. Because I realize if I'm going through it, they're going through it too. And I don't send a message to somebody and say, hey, what can I do to help? Because it just seems like the Christian thing to do. No, I'm hoping I get a task. I'm hoping I get something to do because I want to be a blessing. Other people are struggling too, amen? When you're struggling, you need to pray. When other people are struggling, you need to pray. When we have evil thoughts, we can pray. Um, you know, we, we can't stop birds from flying over our heads, but we can stop them from nesting in our hair. Like, I can't stop the thought. No one's going to stop the thought from coming, but you can make sure that thing doesn't camp there. And it doesn't make its home there. You've got, to be, you've got to be smart about it. Like there are things that come and you're like, you've got, to learn, you've got to learn to fight that thing off. You've got to learn to do it. I'm not having that thought make its home in my mind. I know that I am struggling. I know that the thought came. I know that probably I'm entertaining it to a point. But we go to God with that thing. 
I hate this thought. It doesn't line up with your word. I'm not accepting it. I don't want it. God, change it. Take it from me. I'm choosing to set my mind on the things above and not below. I'm starting to choose to focus on heaven, not right here. I'm choosing that. I'm choosing to see that your word says that I am above and not beneath. I am the head and not the tail. I am not going through that. I'm not entertaining that thought. God, I thank you that there are others that are struggling. Give them strength this day. Help them to fight off like I am. Help them to push in. And suddenly you shift from you to pray for others and your life changes. You hear somebody struggling and instead of going, yeah. mm-hmm. you start realizing, man, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to stand with you in this. I'm going to pray alongside you because it sucks because I've been there. Instead of being a Christian who makes it seem like when you walk through this door, you've somehow got it all together. None of us have it together. None of us. None of us. If God could play this week's thoughts on that screen, you would duck for cover and be out of that back door so fast. It's crazy. Amen. No one's going to be sitting there going, babe, babe, watch this next part. It's going to be, I just got a feeling about this next part. You're going to love it. You are going to love it. Absolutely love it. Can we fast forward just part after that, though? Just we need to fast forward just after that. Yeah, 100%. None of us would accept that. Am I right? When we've sinned, this will speak to all of us. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all wickedness. He's faithful to do it? Are you? How often are you going to him and saying, man, I'm an absolute train wreck in this area. You need to help me. Help a brother out. I'm making a mess of this. And, and just to continually go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. That's part of relationship. Amen? So your prayers need to be intentional. And, and prayer, if done, I, I think like daily prayer is awesome, but when you start having intentional prayer, I reckon the thing that it does is gets you out of your comfort zone and it breaks your flow and it's, it's supposed to be awkward and it's supposed to be uncomfortable because it's not about you. It's about Him. It's about this relationship. Amen? And so this week I'm going to ask you to fast for three days. No water, no food. No, I'm joking. I'm not... Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you'll see on your chair, you've got communion cups. I want you to, I want you, we're going to, you're going to take it with you. I want you to take one for whoever. If you need more, you can ask. Um, and if you ever want communion outside of a, a service that we haven't had communion available for you, please feel free to ask one of the ushers. You can take home with you. You can have some for your house. I just believe that communion is so powerful. You should take it as often as you can, as often as you like. Um, and so take it with you. That, that, that's what we want to be part of as well. Um, but I want you to take communion when you start the day. Amen. On Wednesday and on Friday, at the end of the day, I want you to break it. And if you're in a family, I want you to try and do it together as a family. And I want you to end it as a family. Facebook is gone. Instagram, all social platforms are gone. No TV. No TV, that's part of your fast. No social media, no TV. Amen? If, you, if you're not used to fasting, please don't go do something silly. Talk to a doctor first. I'm not that, and Kurt's not that either, not yet. Uh, talk to a doctor. If you're fasting, if fasting is something you do and you're worried for health reasons or anything like that, please. 
Like, I'm not into burying people. Don't do something silly. Yes? Fast. But if there is something that you can give up in the area of food, I want you to do it. But here's the thing. I've done a lot of fasting where I substitute something and it gives me no time. I want you to give up something that's taking your time. And then I want you to use the time that you've won back to go and spend with God. Even if it means that you're taking 15 minutes to go and read the Bible and 15 minutes to go and sit and pray or go for a walk around the block and just spend time with God and go and sit under a tree that somebody planted many years ago and sit in the shade of that. I just want you to do something that's going to cost you something, but I want it to be a place where it pushes you close to God. Amen? I know. But I have like, I had like a, like I'm supposed to see somebody on Thursday. You, yeah, it's fine. Just bless them with the money you were going to spend on food. Give it to them. They can have twice as much and eat in front of you. Amen? Here's the scripture I want you to think about as you're doing this. James 4.8. Come close to God and God will come close to you. That's the point. Wash your hands, you sinners. I love that. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and this world. What has taken your loyalty? What is above your relationship with God. What is causing it? What's stopping it? What's, what's taking from that? I want you to move through that and make sure that, that your body, because it will start screaming at you, that your body understands that whilst you're making a lot of noise, God outranks you. When you get that hunger pain, if you notice as soon as somebody says you're fasting, you're like, so you say Wednesday, Wednesday, babe. You have no idea how much you're eating on Tuesday. I'm eating, I'm going to eat everything on Tuesday. I'm going to eat so much, I'm not even hungry for the next few days, right? Like, we start freaking out when it comes to, uh, if you haven't done it before, give up one meal a day. Give up a meal a day. If you don't have breakfast, maybe give up another one, because I know that's a cheap shot. Like, I don't have breakfast a lot of the time, so giving up breakfast would be a, a good one. I'd sound spiritual. Like, I don't eat breakfast any time this week because I love Jesus. No, no, that wouldn't work. Amen. If you're going to give up that meal, if you're going to give up lunch at work, fine, give up lunch. But then make sure you can go sit somewhere and read your Bible and pray and use that hour effectively so that you can draw near to God. Amen. Does that make sense? If you've got any questions, speak to Joe. But for the most part, this is what I want us to do. I want us to just realize that fasting is inconvenient it, it, it definitely is going to uh, adjust and, and get your whole flow in life messed up. And it's going to force you to focus on him. Nothing gets you to focus on Jesus more than when you are desperate for a steak. Sorry about that. Yeah. Also, though, you're going to save a ton of money on Maccas. So there's that. There's like a big win on the other side of this. Amen. It's going to be a great pay week. If you've ordered HelloFresh, order less for the week after because you're going to have leftover. Amen? Are you with me? So you can pray. When do I pray? I pray whenever I like. I, I want to pray as often as I can. I want to be intentional about prayer. I want us to go and spend specific time with him in prayer. I sat with somebody this week. Man, the way God shows them things blew my mind. I know what I'm praying about. 
I already know. I'm just like, I want some of that. I want God to show me and, and encourage me like that and, and, and highlight things. I want that and I'm going for it. And so this is important. I want you to focus. If it's something you're weird about, you're, not, you're worried about, come and talk to me. Amen. But we're going to do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. When you wake up Wednesday, you are fasting already. Um, not like I'm going to have breakfast, have this communion, and let's get this day started, right? That's not what we're doing. And then Friday, when you get home from work, maybe 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, uh, or whatever time you get home from work, um, you know, pick a time. If I'm starting at 6, then I'm going to finish at 6. If I'm starting at 5, I'm going to finish at 5. Just think about it. But I want us to pray, and I want you to draw near to God. Amen? I want you to realize that you are actually in need of the Savior. And the closer you get, um, the more things are going to change. And when you get into the Word, I'm telling you, this will change your life. This will change your life. The Bible will change your life. You think, I don't know where to start. Just, just anywhere, right? I just started in the book of John. If you haven't been reading for a very long time, just start in the book of John and start reading. I don't think you're going to get it through it in the first three days, but we'll just see how you go. Amen? Come on, let's bow our heads, let's pray. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless. <laughs>